This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, my name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are well off my shelf, where we go through my DVDs and talk about movies in my collection. In this episode, Shayna Fine returns to talk about two very different but awesome films, Finding Nemo and Four Rooms. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be back. I'm happy you're back as well because um, the last time you were supposed to be here was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it was the first episode where I was like, I don't have a guest. Um, so yeah. yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy year. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be three weeks. Well, no, originally it was supposed to be one week, then three weeks, then two months. And we're almost at a year now. So We'll oh my God. What movies was I supposed to do? Um, you were supposed to do uh, Curious George and oh Dark my. City. Right. That's yes. right. Yeah, you tend to come for like the really odd combination like episodes. <laughs> I can tell. I think the one before that was um, you gave me Princess Cakes. It was Cinderella and something. Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. 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 Yes, yes it was. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> I mean, at least you're always getting something animated and something live action. I mean, yeah. that's also a good combination. Yeah. It's a good mix. So it's a good mix of stuff. That's what you have on your shelf. It is. Yes, it is. Um, the thing is, too, with like every once in a while, I do cheat a little bit with my order. It's not just an alphabetical order, but like I tried to find like another animated movie to go along with it without screwing up the order too much. And I was like, the next animated movie, I think, is in like I. I was like, no, people will notice. Let's just yeah. go with it. Everything's fine. Yeah, alphabet's important. Alphabet is important. That's <laughs> all we've got left. Got no <laughs> yeah, it's the only order that we have in our lives. Right. The funny thing I found out is that um, the alphabet, unlike numbers, are in no particular order and they're just that way because of the song and that's how people learn it. So there's no real beginning and end of the alphabet. What? FYI. What do you mean? Well, because well, you know... You know how we sing A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Yeah. That doesn't... It doesn't start at A? It doesn't start any... There's no order to the alphabet, technically. Right? I guess so. Yeah, why would you need an order? Well, exactly. Well, only for if you're putting together an actual word, right? Or but don't they use it, like, for for Morse code? Did I make that up? Well, yeah, but it's... A for one, B for two... Yeah, that would, but that was developed after people put together the alphabet in an order. Oh, I wonder who wrote the alphabet song. That is a good question. They don't get royalty. I I should look that up. What was it? The last letter to join the alphabet, I think, was the J and X, Y, and Z and W didn't exist initially. I think it's what it was. I I know random things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's very impressive. I've also I'm been trying spending. To, I'm trying to sing the song now without those letters in them. <laughs> I think H-I-L-M. the alphabet song. No. <laughs> I think the alphabet song was written after "quote unquote" all the out al- the letters were in there. Um, yeah. But yeah. But also ampersand was it ampersand used to be an actual letter in the alphabet. 
that um, one? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I am going to look up all of these facts after and just like yeah. put links to all of it. I'd be like, here's the proof of things that I said. You'd be like, these are all the things that were incorrect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did you ever read that book, Element OP? No. What's that one? The book uh, about, I don't remember the context, but basically the, the story is that this woman's writing letters back and forth, but they keep losing like one letter of the alphabet. Mm-hmm. each week or something like comes out of their world so she'll start off by writing like dear sir and then the next letter she loses the letter d so it'll be like ear sir and then but it's a whole story about like sort of losing language it's a good book oh yeah like when you said that i thought it was like one of those like informational books or like how no. like a study on writing but no it's like a novel yeah yeah it's a novel that does sound, that does sound interesting i'll look it's that good. one up yeah I like it. Yeah. yeah, I like um I do enjoy language a lot. I I get a kick out of alliteration. Anybody who listens to the Christmas episodes know this. Um because every season I come up with some stupid alliteration, tell my guests and they're just like, "Why are you doing this to yourself?" I'm like, "Cuz it's fun." Um I also enjoy word origins, like hearing a word I've never heard before, but figuring yes. out what the meaning could possibly be based on like like the prefix and the suffix and like what's in the middle or like figure out what language it may have originated from or something like that. I love those categories on Jeopardy. Yeah. Um, And, but language is just so interesting. And like when you have like literary things or even like films that just play on language, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you like that book. yeah i like like the yeah. random phrases where you're like where did that come from right like the pot calling the kettle black or like all those weird yeah. like, who said that where did this come from exactly mm-hmm. you know one of my favorite bits of like uh knowledge is the whole um uh dead ringer like the concept of like a dead yeah. ringer of someone but that actually comes from a thing where before they they had um stethoscopes or knew how to check like wrists for heartbeats and stuff they yeah. used to accidentally bury people on a very regular basis which was oh, a with the bell yeah and so what I they would do that. is yeah that was actually like because the first time i heard that i'm like that can't be real i'm like no people used to do this and so when you came you kind of came back to life quote unquote right you were a dead ringer because you rang the bell because you were dead and if somebody saw you you'd be a dead ringer but later on it turned into you look like somebody right else you know and I was like oh my god that's so cool like I love I love that that kind of thing that's terrifying what if it's like a loud night there's construction going on (laughs) right and it's just like but imagine like you're (laughs) in the middle of like a graveyard and you're just hearing like a ding Right, I would be shitting bricks and just yeah, like I would running like, like away. a triangle or something, a little more fun, <laughs> a little more fast, like a tambourine. You're like, Ding! yeah, or a xylophone. I would get people's attention. <laughs> Dead oh, xylophone reminds- for that person, totally. Exactly. <laughs> that reminds me of those like super early like cartoons where um what is like it's called like the dance of the dead or something and that's exactly what it was like skeletons in the graveyard like dancing in like yeah the and it's, yeah. like their bones their rib cage was a xylophone like let's do that that'll be great yeah yeah wow. that's more fun <laughs> yeah but then the worst part is is finding that zombie movie. Movie. oh my god we should that'd be amazing but i think there is a short story like that where 
um, somebody hears the bell ringing and they go to dig up the person and they are talking to the person. They're just like, you're not alive. Cause then they, they read the tombstone is like from a hundred years before, but right. It's like in the grave. Oh, I should look up that story too and post it. Yeah. Um, it's like a super, it's like a two paragraph story, but you're just like, oh, that's freaky. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But yeah, things like that are fun. That's why language is interesting, especially English, because it just, well, actually, it English no is just, it makes no sense to just steal things from everywhere. You're like, this yeah. is mine now. Like, yeah. All right. It's also like people don't question stuff, right? Like Dead yeah. Ringer just becomes a part of the, the normal thing that people say. Yeah, you're just in other languages, people will be like, We don't say that, that's weird. That's <laughs> weird. That far, but <laughs> exactly. Like, you think of like idioms, and you're just like, Who said this was okay? Like, yeah. you know, like things like rule of thumb, you're just like, Why is this part of our like our language? Like, yeah. this is a horrible, horrible thing. No, yeah, <laughs> but no, now people people are still just like. Yeah, so my, by rule of thumb, I do this. You're just like, no, that's not that's not a thing. That's we're no. not doing that anymore. It's okay. No. <laughs> We've learned about this. Yeah. You know? And then of course, with like the day and age we're living in, I find out like everything's racist. And I'm just like, oh God, can we can we stop? <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so yeah. Start start a new language. Start, <laughs> start a new language. Let's let's do it. You know, at some point in time, people made up all these words. We can make right. up new words. We do it. We're so lazy now. Yeah. Imagine that person writing the ABCs. Yeah. They sat there, they took their time. They're just like, yeah. we're gonna steal Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and we're gonna put this together. Done. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you did a great job. Yes. <laughs> it was genius. I mean, it makes it easier to learn. Sure. I still hard. have to sing the song when I'm trying to remember what letters come before which other ones. <laughs> I do every time. You're like, what is it? Again? I'm good up to like E and then past that. <laughs> I have to sing it. But that's like when you know you hear things just like, well, see the alphabet backwards. And I'm like, I can't do that. You're crazy. No, that's not. No. Yeah. If you learn any, if you learn it by like my memory, you can do it. But it's not something that I'm naturally. Yeah, I would have to be like so Z Y X, and then go A B C D E F G. Right, you have to say it, and then. <laughs> but now that we know that the whole order is made up, you could just be like, "Ha ha, there is yeah. no backwards. There is no backwards. I can say just I can just say letters, and you have to say okay as long as I get twenty six. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay." <laughs> um yeah we digressed into language okay that was my fault that was my fault it's okay it's totally connected to finding Nemo. uh for sure it's talking fish hello yeah. they speak english why they speak english yeah which is true well i guess they're australian wait no they're not really australian they're close to australia and they go to australia yeah but wait, none of the they fish. Don't have English. Yeah, they don't have only. I think like the turtle has an Australian accent. Is that an Australian accent, or is that like a surfer dude Maybe. accent? Maybe it's more of a surfer dude. Yeah, because the dentist character, the human character. Yeah, the humans have Australian accents. Yes, because even like the kid, like the little kid, and um, yeah, Tyler, um, yeah. 
and the dentist and even like his patients, they all have accents. And like the secretary that you hear, yeah. they all have accents. But all of the fish sound like American in some way, Yeah, I find. That was a creative um, choice. I think so. I think so. Separate the, the worlds. Yeah, because the fish don't, they talk fish. Yeah. It's just we hear them that way because we're North American. I guess so. <laughs> My favorite part is is uh, when he's telling the story to the sharks and he and they're like the humans think they own everything. Probably Americans. <laughs> Again, it's still funny. It's, it's still a good funny. movie. I have to say, like I rewatched it this week. It's still a good movie. Not everything I, holds up, but really, I think all? everything holds up. I loved it. Well, except for. Ellen DeGeneres but yes yeah maybe that's what it is I mean I love the character of Dory but I do I did have a moment where I was like hmm, am I allowed to like this I don't know <laughs> that's the sad part right like as soon as I, I was like oh Dory and then you hear her voice and you're like oh shit yeah right yeah. we're not supposed to like her anymore she's done horrible things she's apparently lying about being a good person what have we done and then I kept watching the movie and I was like haha this is fun yeah, but I think when she did Dory, she was a better person. I choose to believe that. Well, yeah. Wait, but wasn't she already doing her talk show in 2003? Yeah, she was. So, so maybe not. <laughs> mm. Mm. But maybe they gave her more of the lines than we think. Maybe. Right? That's what I always think in animation. Like, it's the voice, but it's also the writer and the animators. There's a lot of other people that come together to make that character. Okay, so... The Ellen DeGeneres show actually started on September 8th, 2003. Oh, when and did Finding Nemo come out? Finding Nemo came out in 2003. Let me find a date. Oh, so maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what turned her. Maybe. She got a big ego after that. She's like, I have so much power now. <laughs> I am Dory. It came out in May 2003. So... Maybe so it would have been recorded already. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you know what? She gets this movie gets a pass because this is before she became an egomaniac yeah. and a tyrant. So, we're all good. She didn't yeah. have all that power yet. So, this is allowed to, to be fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> all fine. Yes. <laughs> Um, but I do love this movie still. I have fond memories of the first time watching this movie and every time I've watched it since and it always makes me feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still beautiful to look at. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Like the, all the underwater stuff and even just like the little details when they go by and like each of the like different underwater creatures have their own. There's that one moment where I think there's like a little crab who's cutting his lawn Yes, that was my favorite moment in the whole movie. It's like they're just so clever. Like there's so many little like nuggets if you're looking, you know. Well, yeah, that's what I love about Pixar movies, and like they don't ignore their background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why their worlds seem so real and come across so uh, wholesome and so full. Yeah, like you know, like a lot of animation. Um, to save time, to save money, um, depending on resources. Yes, they have beautiful backgrounds, but it's all about the foreground. You're like, no, 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 you're paying attention to these characters. Yeah. So we'll have a static background. Maybe there's like 
a little you know waviness or something but you're these are the characters this is what you're looking at this is it whereas in movies like finding nemo or even the incredibles or yeah um i don't know i don't really do toy story um, toy story um but anyways but these movies like they pay attention to their background they have people doing things in the background they they make sure like no yeah you're paying attention to these two people but these are not the only things in this world yeah and it makes it so much better yeah yeah for sure and uh that's one thing i love about i just love this movie because of that and um uh, the DVD I have, they um, they had like a mini documentary on it about making it. Mm-hmm. And apparently for them to get the lighting right and, and stuff like that, they made every animator and everybody who worked on this movie get a scuba diving li- li- license. Wow. That's fun. So, <laughs> which is fun. But also I'm just like, I'm here to draw pictures. What do you mean I have to hang out underwater for like 30 hours? Like, I don't, what? The test. <laughs> It's so you know if you get to work on the movie. But that's a Pixar thing, isn't it? I read that the book that they wrote about Pixar. Yeah, because they like to immerse like, everybody. Yeah, in the they world. take their animators like to wherever the world is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's also one of the reasons why they make it so realistic. They're like, we can see the water. We know what the water is supposed yeah. to react and do in like shallow water or deep water, or if it's a sunny day or if it's dark. You're like, we have not just video, but we can experience it. Yeah. You know? And that's how you get like that feeling of being underwater too, because they've been there, right? Exactly. Yeah. And like looking at it, it's, it's like when they're underwater, like you feel they're underwater, you feel the water around you, you feel mm-hmm. around them. And when they come outside, and it's not just the texture of the the fish, because they change the texture of like the fish completely when it comes out of water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but it's also like the light, the way the light reflects off of like the surface of the water, off the creatures, off of everything. And if they're only like an inch below the water or like, you know, way yeah. down deep, like it just, it's just so, it's so, um, mind the pun, in depth. It's great. Oh, good one. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like their process was like, looking at that, I was like, your process is crazy. And I guess that's what yeah. makes it so good. I would love to do that. But like, imagine you get the movie where it's like, this is all about being in a trash dump. <laughs> right? <laughs> you go to work for Pixar, you end up in some like terrible, like, this movie's about dirt. <laughs> you know, like, we're on a trip to Paris. <laughs> you know, so I'm just going to hang out with some worms for the next month and a half. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much you know and good i like you get instead of you know getting a scuba license you get like here's an ant colony stare at it right? for a long time you're like no. yeah yeah nobody wants to see that nobody wants to see that <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's so it's so great to see though yeah and then like you like uh one of the other things they did too was go to like aquariums and all that kind of stuff and collect these are fish that naturally died or were brought mm. in by people and they would get like thing and like scan them into the systems and like see how they move and then look right. at videos of how they move alive and they have like aquariums all through their offices and stuff and you're just right. like that's why like their movement seems so believable and real and you're like yeah, yeah. I can believe this is an actual fish yeah it's talking you know the starfish character in the <laughs> office I love yeah. her <laughs> she's so great 
But it's also like there's something about her movement, like it's so comical and silly, but it still feels like when you see a starfish stuck to a real tank, you're like, like oh, yeah, that's, a- that's what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, because every time she like pulled away, she's like, I'm just dying on this yeah. off of my body. And you're like, yeah, that that kind of is what it looks like. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like the different personalities they gave the different types of animals. Like the seagulls compared to the pelicans compared mm-hmm. to like the crabs you know compared to like the lobsters i i love the the lobster for some reason was from boston like you know yeah. it was like wicked dock down there you're just like what <laughs> <laughs> the lobsters are from boston. <laughs> i just thought that was, that was we don't hilarious. know what happens under the ocean overnight <laughs> we really don't we don't spend enough time down there we can't you know it's it's a whole it's a whole story uh yeah it's just they i mean they did spend what three and a half years making this movie or something so i mean after that you kind of want to hope you did a good job so and they did and they did and it was huge at the time too right like it was yeah. yeah like when it came out people were just like oh my god have you seen this movie it's amazing yeah and then i was like sure and then i watched it i was like oh my god they were right but it's also the first kids movie where it's like it's kind of a split focus, right? Because they're following like Marlon's dad and Dory, and then you're also mm-hmm. following Nemo. Like I didn't remember that when I watched it back. I thought it was all Nemo, but it's not really. It's, it's no, it's Nemo. it's mostly. Isn't it mostly the dad though? Yeah, I mean near the end you see more of Nemo, but it's a lot of like adult characters for a kid movie. Yeah, it's true. Um... Well, because it's sort of like, it's like half a coming of age story and also a parenthood story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they mirror the stories so well that you're just like, you feel like it's, it, you do really feel like it's all one story being told at the same time, the way it, it's laid yeah. out with like the back and forth and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there were dynamics, like even just the two of them. Ellen when she was nice yeah <laughs> her and it's Albert Brooks right who plays the dad it is yeah like there are some scenes where there's just them talking and it's so engaging and they're just like standing there talking like, yeah you're like oh I'm looking at two fish talking to each other why am I enthralled right now yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true but I think I think Albert Brooks has, Brooks has always had that kind of um ability really because even like his live action films and stuff you're just like you're so weird and normal looking but then he starts talking or the film yeah. roles he's taken and they're just like you're good I like you he's hmm. very charming there's something it about is. Him. yeah yeah my favorite one by him is um what is it defend your life with uh Meryl Streep <gasps> love that movie I think it's called That's defend your movie. life I think um, mother I think was the one I'm thinking of you ever see mother mother like no. him and his mother it's a comedy but it's incredible. of course <laughs> and half the movies about her like learning how to use a cell phone and i'm sure there's some deeper oh. message but that's what i remember from it oh it's a newer movie if it's a newer movie then no i haven't seen that oh no 1996 no yeah yeah that is not new funny. oh it's got debbie reynolds oh i should have watched this movie yeah they're really cute together. I don't know. But um, uh, Defend Your Life is about a guy who dies and is in purgatory. 
Uh, it's a whole like it's a whole afterlife thing, right? Yeah. And what you're supposed to do is either go through your relive parts of your past lives and um, your your life that you just had is, you know, it's weighed and judged and you either get to move forward and go to heaven or you get sent yeah. back to earth to get it right, you know? Okay. Um, and while he's there, his soul meets another soul and it's Meryl Streep. And, um, and she's, she's amazing in every way. And her past lives, she's always amazing in her past lives and, and all this kind of stuff. And, right. and he's just like, I've just done nothing, you know, and one of his past lives, he was like, he was like a peon who was like in the mud. And you're just like, <laughs> Oh, okay. And or like a guy who's always hiding from somebody. And he's like, he's like that guy, you know, right. and he's like, and he's just like so neurotic the whole time. And he's like, you know, why would you ever want to do that? Look at my life. You know, it's like that whole kind of thing. And it's just about like, you know, you always have a chance to redeem yourself kind of thing. And it's just like a, it's a super deep movie, but you don't realize how deep it is until the movie finishes. And you're just like, oh my God, that, that movie covers a lot. But I laughed the whole time. This is weird. Oh, that was good. It reminds yeah. me of, I'm trying to remember what the name of the movie was. I think it was called Afterlife. Oh, now it's going to bug me. Is it a foreign movie about like this woman who dies and she goes to the afterlife and she finds out that you can only take one memory with you mm-hmm. to heaven or wherever the next place is. Okay. And so they kind of go through her life. She has to pick like which memory she's going to take with her. And she ends up picking like just a very normal kind of every day. She just wants to remember like her life actually, actually was not like the best day or the worst day, but it's a very, it's an amazing movie. Interesting. That's a foreign movie. I think so. I think it was one of the first foreign movies I saw where I was like, "Oh yeah, I could watch movies that aren't in English." I'll find it for you. I don't know what it's called. Well, that's the thing. Like people were just like, "Oh, I don't want to read subtitles, and I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do that." But if it's like a good film, you after like five minutes, you don't even realize you're reading subtitles anymore. Yeah. You just you're watching the story, and you just understand it. You yeah. know, like it's yeah. very it's very interesting that way. And um, that's the thing, like every once in a while, I sit like, like I am one of those people who's like, oh, I don't want to read subtitles, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I this good movie. And then like, I make myself sit there and I watch a foreign film because I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a different perspective on our world and a different perspective yeah. on, on just, you know, storytelling or filmmaking in general, because they do use different techniques to tell their stories and, you know, different acting styles and just seeing somebody different on screen is great. Yeah. You know, and then I always know it's a good movie, but at the end, I'm just like, oh, that was, oh yeah, that was in Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I understood all of it. Yeah. It was like Parasite. Like I saw that movie and I like forgot that I was reading the subtitles. Right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And but and the thing is too, it's like that movie is just so intense and so That's much stuff happens. Yeah. And but like ten minutes in the movie, I was just like, oh no, it's like they're speaking English. Like I know yeah. what they're doing, I know what they're doing, everything is fine. Yeah. Um it's just very it, but it's just so good. Just oh, everything about it is fantastic. Yeah. That was one um, of those movies where you, when people used to go to the theaters and <laughs> the movie ended and everyone just like sat there for two minutes and then people just started clapping. It's like, I love this. <laughs> That's different from when I saw it. Cause when I saw it, people were like, people sat there for a minute silent. And then it was, there was a whole bunch of like, um, I, I went with my friend Mike and we just kind of like, he's like that. What? 
you know, like it was one of those things. And everybody just starts whispering to each other and people get up slowly. Right. And it's just like their brain is trying to catch up with what they saw and what they, they're trying to put it together. Yeah. And it's clear nobody dislikes the movie. It's very right. clear. But everybody's still just like, oh my God. Like, and it's like, it's like a, like a weight on everybody's shoulders. Yeah. I don't know that sounds kind of worse, but yeah. Yeah, I found that too in my theater, but then everybody kind of just had this like slow clap and came together. <laughs> it was kind of this amazing moment where everyone was just so happy to have seen the movie together. Mm. And then we well, all yeah, kind of looked at each other and we're like, yeah, this is weird now, we should leave. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, um, it's like a shared traumatic experience where people are like, oh my God, that was horrible, but we survived. Yeah, It's, it's yeah. the same kind of feeling. <laughs> yeah. No, I really liked it. I saw a play in London once. I think I told you this before, where they like almost to drown a person on stage as part of the play. No. Similar kind of, I think it's like right before the intermission break. Mm -hmm. And they, it's supposed to be like this kid's getting bullied in school and they push him under the water in a pool, but they actually bring in a water tank on stage and push the actor under for what feels like too long of a time. And the whole theater, like a thousand people, nobody's breathing. And then eventually he comes back up and it's like intermission and everybody was, it was the same kind of like everyone just sat there and then clapped and then like went and got their cookie. But it was like, yeah. <laughs> well, because I think it's also one of those moments where you're just like, is, is this actually this part of the play? Is, is, is he, is he dying? Should we do something? What, yeah, what is- no, it was one of those moments where you thought like, are the actors having a fight? Like, are they actually going to kill this guy on stage? <laughs> No, apparently yeah, that's part of it. I googled it after. You're like, <laughs> no, no, that's the play. You're like, are you not sure? a homicidal actor? I checked. <laughs> <laughs> Should we call the police? Did I love that? I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. <laughs> well, I have to. I mean, I think when you get that kind of reaction out of people, I think that means you're doing a good job. I think so. Yeah, it was one of the most memorable things I've seen. So, yeah, something. And that—that's the thing. It's like. Um, I mean, like certain actors from like roles and stuff, I see them in other things and I'm just like, no, you're an asshole. That's all I can think. Yeah. And all I can, but also at the same time, I'm like, I hate you, but you're obviously a great actor if I hate you this much still, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or they're <laughs> or just actually an asshole and they're a terrible actor. Uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's hard <laughs> to figure out which one it is. It should be kind of amazing for them if you just figured out how to be an asshole and get paid for it. Well, maybe that's what it is. Like you find your niche and you just do that because I think that's what makes character actors so interesting is where they don't have a niche. There's not a specific character they do. They can do everything and it's believable. Like Gary Oldman's one of those people who's like, he is an asshole in one movie. He's like the nicest guy in another. He's a cop in another one. He's, you know, a guy who's in the dirt in another one. And you're just like, but I believe everything. He's a great actor. And he's one of those actors that like I don't think I knew his name till I was 30 and I was like oh, yeah, oh that guy right because he's yeah. so many different characters you don't even mm-hmm. think of him yep, as a real but person. also yeah but the thing with that as well is that you like I think of Gary Oldman and I know he's been in hundreds of movies but get me to name more than five and I can't because yeah. you don't see Gary Oldman in the movie you see whatever character he's playing yeah, you know, it's like I often forget he was Commissioner Gordon in the Batman movies because I'm like, that doesn't look like Gary Oldman. What are you talking about? Right. You know, <laughs> or um, 
Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and try to remember a Gary Oldman movie. And I, can't I know now I can't even think movie. of any, but I know. I've oh, seen uh, them. <laughs> we just did one the other day. We did Fifth Element, where he plays uh, Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Right. Now I remember Zorg's whole name very easily, but every <laughs> once in a while, I'm just like, "Who plays Zorg again?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's fucking Gary Oldman." You know, like I think his family cool. does that too. They're like, "Oh yeah, you that guy." <laughs> every time he walks in the room, he's like, "You're that dude." He's like, "I'm your father." <laughs> I live here. <laughs> Well, yesterday you were good guy. Today you're bad guy. I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you say you're my father. Yeah. Were, wait, were you Darth Vader too? <laughs> oh, oh my God. Imagine, imagine he was in a Star Wars movie and we just can't remember. It's entirely possible. It's totally possible. <laughs> you know what I, rem- what I thought I remembered and then I watched the movie and I was like, there was no, it wasn't a musical. <laughs> No. In my there's head, no... Finding Nemo was a musical. And then I watched it back and I was like, no, no, no. There's no. just a Just Keep Swimming. Yeah. yeah. Which wasn't even really like a fully produced song. I think no, after no. they had made a bigger deal of it. But in the movie, it's not, it's kind of just an off the cuff yeah. moment. Yeah. In my head, it was a full musical. No. I don't know where that came from. And I don't know what songs I thought were in it, but it's not. I think that's one of the reasons why I liked this movie so much. It was one of the the early kids movies that wasn't based in them singing songs mm-hmm. all the time. And I also think that's one of the reasons why um, Toy Story was as big as it was as well. Cause it was also not based on singing. Yeah. yeah. Like all of the old Disney stuff was like everybody singing at some point in time. Yeah. Well, it was all based on fairy tales, right? All the mm-hmm. Disney, like princess movies. Whereas this is, I mean, maybe there's a fairy tale, but a fish missing his kid, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> possible yeah i have to admit like all of those old fairy tales have like ruined kids stories in general because all of the original fairy tales like brothers grim and all that kind of stuff all start with like horrible things happening yeah and then people getting their comeuppance is pretty much how they work right yeah and disney and like pixar and kids movies in general have stuck with that and like this movie starts with a whole bunch of death you know yeah yeah it was a really sad beginning which i kind of knew but i was like oh you never remember how intense the beginning of these movies are except for up up has ruined everybody all the time yeah yeah because i'm sorry i was like there's no way a cartoon is gonna make me cry and then the beginning of that movie starts i was like no i am not crying the whole theater was like Falling. I've never seen that in, in an animated movie before. In the first three minutes. It's just, just it. like, and it's such like an emotional roller coaster too, because it yeah. starts off so cute and so sweet. You're like, oh, they're building their life together. What do you mean they can't have children? What do you mean she's yeah. dying? What do you mean she's dead? No. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I think one of the reasons why that sticks with people so heavily is that even though they go through like this quote unquote silly adventure through the movie. The ending of the movie isn't very happy. It's not, no. it's not like, yay, we did stuff. You're just like, oh, that kid's father still didn't come back and doesn't care. And this old man, you know, is just is just there for him. But yeah. nothing, there's no redemption. There's no, you know, big reveal. There's no anything. It's like, even if they didn't go on that big adventure, they probably would have ended up in the same place, you know? Yeah. Like, it's no big deal. And I think that's why 
people always remember how tough the beginning of that movie is. Whereas with like Finding Nemo at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, they're having fun in the sea anemone. And yeah. you know, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to school now. And I love you, dad, you know? And you're just like, oh, it's so sweet. That beginning was fine. And then you watch it again and you're just like, why is my heart broken? It's very intense. But also at the beginning with like the little fish row, I did have a moment where I was like, oh, sushi. And then I felt bad. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> You're like, mm, that would be really good on a California yeah, roll. I was like, oh, no, focus. You're like, I'm, I'm hungry. Maybe I should have some sushi tonight. That's fine. <laughs> but it's kind of it part of that whole theme in the movie where, like, you know, humankind is, is kind of the enemy. That's sort yes. of one of the sub-themes and how we're destroying the universe and nature yeah. and everything. And how we think everything is ours where it's not. And and like, I think it's really funny too that they bring up, you know, like the fish in the sea are just like, oh my God, my son's been taken by this crazy monster. Whereas, you know, the the dentist is there. He's like, oh my God, I saved this guy. He was on the reef and he was struggling. He's going to die. And you're just like, right. it really is about perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, it's stuff like, like and and it's, I think it's those little things that they include in the movies that just make it, you understand everything better a little bit, you know? Yeah, no, that's the beauty of those movies. Like, there's so many different levels. Without it being, like, be better to the environment, it's not, like, a big message movie, but it's just yeah. it's there if, you, if you're open to seeing it, you know? And you're, yeah, you pay attention. It's not, it's not preachy. It's not yeah. preachy. yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I hate preachy movies. It's like, I understand the movies have a point and I've seen movies that have the same point. The me- Like, as they say, the medium is the message. Yeah. And if you use your medium incorrectly, your message isn't going to get across well. Yeah. And, and Pixar is just very good at using their medium. Let's just put it that way. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, fun little things that I found in the movie was that uh, I realized, you know, the little octopus character and mm-hmm. her dad, yeah. they are they are Dumbo octopuses. And I was just like, are Dumbo octopi? Um, and I was like, that's so cute. Are there, there's different kind of octopi? Yes, there are. There's oh. lots of different types of octopi. <laughs> Let's see, types. I didn't know that was, I mean, I know there's like, again, I only know them from food terms because I'm a terrible person, but there's like (laughs) squid and octopus. (laughs) Um, So there is, there's a smooth skin octopus, a giant octopus, the Dumbo octopus, the blue ringed octopus. They seem to vary in their color length of tentacles and smoothness of skin so what is it what identifies a dumbo octopus so it's got like a a long head uh-huh. like two it looks like little ears on the side of the top and very short tentacles on the bottom oh okay yeah they were pretty They're, adorable yeah well when you see a picture of a real one yeah it does it actually does look like an elephant head that has like Hmm. a bunch of little trunks at the bottom i must admit it does kind of look like that were they named after dumbo oh i see i'm looking at a picture i mean i wouldn't see cute 
All right. As octopuses go. Yeah, it says the name originates from the resemblance to the title character of the Disney movie. Wow. So, yeah. Hmm. And there are 13 octopus or octopi that um, <laughs> are recognized as this genus. So there, we've learned something today. Wow. I learned two things today. Yeah. My brain is now full. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is no, also there's no order to the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> and there are and, eight genuses of octopi slash octopuses, depending on which Google site you're looking at. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there so there you go. This this podcast is also educational. Very. I feel this this podcast should be sponsored by National Geographic. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just slipping animal facts every episode. <laughs> That's right. Just suddenly be like, hmm, I'm enjoying this Coca-Cola. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> Coke. Wait, no, what's what's Coke? It's always Coca-Cola. Is that what the thing is though? Or is it something else now? I almost called it the voice of a new generation, but I'm like, no, that's Pepsi. <laughs> I'm horrible. Yeah. I don't know. What is the Coke slogan now? Let's see. The Coke slogan is taste the feeling. Right. Is that the newest one? Maybe they gave up a taste feeling. Okay, so there is a history of Coca-Cola advertising slogans on the Coca-Cola website. Of course. And so the original one was drink Coca-Cola. Very, very wow. in-depth. Very exciting. Creative. Um, 2009 was the last updated one, which was open happiness. I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one at all. Always Coca-Cola was since 1993. Mm-hmm. Taste the feeling, I do remember. Yeah. And I do taste the feeling when I drink a Diet Coke. So there you go. Yeah. You, you can't beat the feeling was 1988 as well. Oh, ca- I remember Catch the Wave. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's definitely some stuff in there. In the good old days. You used to be able to ride on a Coke wave. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, this is not sponsored by Coca-Cola, I swear. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Unless it could be Unless Coca-Cola. Be. <laughs> we see you, Coca-Cola. Yes. <laughs> we, you got money, throw some my way, it's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, so wait, why did we end up on Coca-Cola? What did that happen? <laughs> we were talking about the Dumbo fish, the Dumbo octopus. Yeah. Wait, so I, that, that still doesn't explain how we ended up on Coca-Cola, but it's fine. We end up on very strange tangents and you'll listen all the back time. It'll make so much sense. When you listen yeah. back. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, that's what happened. Gotcha. <laughs> that is what happens sometimes. So like I sit down to edit and so I'm listening through, you know, and taking out like little pops and whatever. Yeah. And all of a sudden I was just like, I don't remember talking about that. Yeah. Is that what we were talking about? We didn't even talk about the movie. Oh my god, what did I do? <laughs> oh, I know. We were talking about National Geographic sponsoring us. Oh, we were just talking about sponsorships. Like yes. Yes. Us. Yes. <laughs> you get some of the money, don't worry. That's right. <laughs> That's my idea. It's like I automatically get fifteen percent. It's a whole thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, we're going to go back underwater. 
And um, yeah, one thing I found out about this movie is that A, Eric Bana does one of the voices, oh. um, which I didn't realize. He's one of the uh, shark friends named Anchor. The guy with the, okay. um, uh, the hook in his lip. No, no, he's a, he's a hammerhead shark. He's a hammerhead shark. That's Eric yeah. Bana. And the other thing I didn't realize it was, um, oh God, I'm going to forget his name right all of a sudden. There were a lot of voices it, in the movie. The guy who does the, the, the pelican voice. I was just like, oh mm-hmm. my God. Oh, it's Jeffrey Rush. That's it, Jeffrey yeah. Rush. And yeah. I was like, why is it only, like I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm like, oh, it's just some random, I've always thought it was just some random Australian dude. And mm-hmm. then I was sitting here listening to what I was watching it this week and I was just like, no, I recognize that voice. Yeah. What voice is that? And like, I had to look it up. I'm like, <gasps> and then as soon as I looked it up, like Jeffrey Rush, I'm like, oh my God, it's so clearly Jeffrey Rush. Like, yeah. it's just so clearly him. Isn't that funny? Like, like, once you look it up and you know, then you can't not picture them saying it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's a few of them that I didn't like automatically pick up. Um, like, uh, like Steven Root. Um, he's the one who goes, he, he's Bubbles, like the little yellow fish oh, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does only go bubbles like 95% of the time. Um, right. So maybe that's why. Uh, but I didn't realize that was him. Like, because as soon as I looked up Jeffrey Rush, I'm like, well, now I have to look up all of the voices. I reckon the guys in like in the tank with him in the in the dentist's office. Yes. Like Willem Dafoe was just so right? distinctive. Exactly. And yeah. um, Allison Chaney is very distinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Garrett, whose name I had to look up. But yes. I'm like, it's not the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. Like, so I know who's that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but the guy who voices Nemo, Alexander Gould, I don't know that guy from anything. But apparently he was in Weeds, which oh. is a show I never watched. Well, because he would have been a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he was... to see some of those kids. I was looking at the kids in four rooms, not to jump, but those two mm-hmm. kids to see if they've done anything since and they haven't and yeah like, oh. the little the little boy has, hasn't because even his, his little boy picture is still there yeah but the girl has like a really beautiful nice updated oh, okay. picture and unless unless i'm looking at the wrong person i don't think i was no you probably um, but yeah boy. but she still only had like three or four credits it wasn't yeah anything big not so. everybody can be drew anymore that is true yes or um i'm like i'm trying to think of another kid actor there's so Macaulay many of them but he's getting kind of like a reprieve in his career right now but not like he's not really doing anything but like his popularity has gone back up recently yeah i think he'll be okay Season. i don't know i've been watching yeah. um succession with his brother mm-hmm. watch that show I do not know. You have to watch that show. Okay. It's like my favorite <laughs> show. It's currently, well, now it's on hiatus, but it's supposed to be coming back. I don't know. My thing is like, I saw the ad for it. I'm like, oh, so rich white people are mad at each other and want each other's money. Do I care? No, it's good though. Is it? It's very well written. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good show. Yeah. Right now, um, all my friends are trying to talk me into watching um, Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. And like I'm all here for like the sexy Duke or whatever his name is or whatever he is. <laughs> yeah. He's um, but then, <laughs> but then I'm just like I'm not a period piece person. Like I just, I I just don't you know like. Uh, but they're just like 
Yeah, but he takes off his shirt a lot. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty like light on the period piece part. I say. <laughs> it's not like I don't think you have to know the history to appreciate it. <laughs> they're like they wear the clothes. I was gonna say you would like it for the fashion too. Yeah, fashion's well, pretty amazing in that show. Well, that's the thing about period pieces is that they are like if it's done not even if it's done well like even like bad period piece movies like just the clothes are just awesome to look mm-hmm. at you know because there's so much detail and so much work that it also makes all the women look so uncomfortable i'm just like i don't understand how women lived through that time period yes. like, it's just yeah it's crazy to me yeah um but yeah it's just yeah i would sit there and just like pull that stuff apart and be like oh my god it's so good yeah no you have to watch it for the fashion I feel like you'd appreciate it because it's not really like traditional like within the period it's sort of a take on it mm-hmm. I don't want to give it away but you should watch well it. I guess I guess it, it is it's a Shonda show so yeah there'll definitely be like scandals and it'll be kind of like right yeah. and crazy I do I do I, I probably will get around to it I don't know. Right now, I'm in a I'm in a bit of a um, not even a sci-fi kick. It's just like a I don't know. I've been watching The Expanse. What have I watched recently? I watched The Expanse. Um, I watched One Night in Miami, which was amazing. Was it? That's on my list. I loved my, it. I was expected. I was expecting to get preached at. Yeah. And that preachy part is in there, but it's not anything overwhelming. Okay. And it's just how they present the personalities and the actors they chose. I'm sorry, that guy who played Muhammad Ali, I have to look up his name, uh, is is the greatest. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. He just makes me laugh and smile the whole movie. Um, But yeah, like there's some hard truths that the movie come across and and stuff like that, but it's not a preachy movie in any way. Yeah. Um, and then before I didn't even know Regina King directed until the end of the movie. And I was like, excuse me, she has another talent. I am jealous. This is not, this isn't fair. You have to leave talents for other people. That's what they said. They she think they think she's gonna win the Oscar for it. So it's so good. It. Yeah. yeah. And it the thing is too, it's it's mainly it's like 90% a one-room movie. Yeah. But you don't feel it doesn't feel claustrophobic. You don't feel trapped. You don't feel like, why aren't they going outside? Like that right. never crosses your mind. Oh, that's because good. the interaction is so well and the talk is so well hmm. and and how the camera moves around the room is really well. And you just don't feel like it's in one room, but it really right. is in one room. And it was, it's phenomenal. I really, really like it. Okay. It's on my yeah. list for sure. Definitely give that one a watch. Yeah. Um, of course, I watched Queen's Gambit. And talking about fashion, everything they put that girl in was amazing. Yeah. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Although I found it was more visually stunning than story. Like the story was a little. Light. Well, the story was but, repetitive. It was light yeah, and repetitive, was, right? But it was very visually beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, have a breakdown, win chess, have a breakdown, mm-hmm. win chess. And you're just like, yeah, I get it. But that dress is killer. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just. <laughs> now you got to watch Bridgerton. Yeah. All right. Then I, I'll have to call you again and be like, oh, my God, the dress that she was wearing was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, I don't think people know that I am actually a bit of a fashion person. So well, I know. All good. Yes, you do know. <laughs> Jewelry maker, I know. Yeah, I'm I'm into that stuff. Yeah. Um, I I I 
consider myself to be a bit of a tomboy, but at the same time, I love all of the girly things. Give me some yeah. clothes. I mean, all of the shoes, I love shoes, but most of the shoes I have are kicks and like high tops and stuff. But give yeah. me a nice pair of... Um, That's uh, still fashion. It's still fashion, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's never like plain colors. Like, you know this. All my yeah. like leopard print or have sequins on it. Or Your stuff is always like, or... like cool details. Yes. Yeah. Never too flashy. Cool. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Like you thought about what you're going to wear. Yeah. You know? Oh, thank you. I try. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm going to get like an inflated head. I'm like, oh, I am a fashionista. I didn't realize. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always think I'm like, I'm just putting on jeans and a t shirt, but then I make it work. It's fine. Yeah. No, there's, there's a look there for sure. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I don't know if if you could. T- I'm I'm getting all warm in my face because I guess I should be blushing, but you can't tell. I, I, I socially distance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too bad we can't talk about fashion and Finding Nemo. You see what I did there? You see what I did there? Oh, good one. <laughs> uh, but one thing I can say is that the colors in the movie are, um, like they're vibrant. Yes. Like, yes. And um, I will say, like, I watched it on a 4K TV mm-hmm. where, where the fish are, like, really in the room with you. Yeah. Which obviously the first time around didn't exist. And it was very, like, beautiful. Like, he was, like we said in the beginning, like, you really feel like you're underwater with them, with the colors. And, and that was quite a while ago in terms of, like, where animation has gone since then. To do yes, a whole underwater sure. movie like that is pretty mm-hmm. amazing. Well, one of the things I find that makes me remember how old the movie is is when the human characters do come in. Mm-hmm. It's like, like the dentist and stuff. Like his, I know it's not supposed to be realistic, but mm-hmm. also it is so unrealistic, and like they spent too much time focusing on how the fish move. They forgot how people move, kind of. Yeah, like, like his facial expressions and stuff. You're just like. You're like, oh, that, oh, yeah, this is from the early 2000s. I get it. Yeah. But yeah. then you're underwater and you're just like, this could have been made yesterday. No, it's true. It's true. That that stuff kind of dates. And even like the, I guess she's like the niece character, right? The Darla girl. Yeah. She also feels like very much in that era somehow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and I think that's the, if, if you had never seen Finding Nemo before, and you watch it today, you would. I think you would still think it's a modern movie, like a, a now movie, not a, a old. I think movie. so. I the only part that took me out of it is when they did that like tribal chant moment. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, that wouldn't fly today. <laughs> I don't think you'd get away with that moment today. In well, you didn't like the whole uh, what is it? Shark big boo. It's... I mean, it's so silly, and like at the time, of course, we didn't think anything of it. But I, I don't mm. think that they would do that now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it is a little bit insensitive. Um, but I, what I'm happy about it is that they didn't go so far that it was, like, offensive, you know? Like, they could have yeah. taken another step and made it offensive. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, like, Peter Pan like, offensive. 
No, no, thank God, no. Because, uh, <laughs> oh, then that would have just, like, broke my heart. I was like, oh, I can never watch this again. I know, that still makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I well, love Peter Pan, but every time I get to that part, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is wrong. How did I not know this was wrong before, yeah. you know? Well, I guess, too, when you originally watched it, you were a little kid. You don't think anything's offensive. You don't know. I think something's scary or something's mean. In our but... parents' era, like, they played cowboys and Indians. It was not recognized mm-hmm. as a problem so yeah. we didn't know yeah which has now turned into uh to cops and robbers but right. that might change now, soon but now cops isn't good either isn't a good thing <laughs> well i guess now you play superhero superhero and and megalomaniac i don't know person i don't know <laughs> well i mean it's well i guess the thing is too is that people besides covid happening uh kids aren't playing directly with each other as much anymore because everything's like you know let's go online and play like call of duty or let's go play yeah um what's oh god i'm my brain's empty like i know things about video games i swear you can believe me if you want whatever (laughs) (laughs) minecraft that's the thing i was trying to remember i don't even know it's okay (laughs) what's the Um, one that everyone plays oh boy which one are they like reskin? Is what all the kid actors tell me. Oh, you know <laughs> the big game that everyone plays. There's big tournaments. People make money. Oh, there's lots of games like that. Like, are you talking about like WoW or League yeah. of Legends or um, yeah, big one? I don't know. There's so the many quote unquote big <laughs> ones. <laughs> I don't know. See, I think Fortnite. when I Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. That makes sense. I don't know. When people think about, tell me about, I know they have tournament games for all different types of games, but when people say tournament games, I think of like those uh, those big strategy games or those like epic games, you know, like, yeah. like, like I said, like Warcraft and stuff. Like that's what I think of. Or right. League of Legends where like you have like, um, well, no, League of Legends, you don't really like build up and get resources and stuff you just spawn things but i don't know whatever it's fine i think of like queen's gambit because i'm not a gamer i imagine yeah. it's like just all these people in a room and there's two people head to head staring at each yeah. other and they're playing monopoly yeah <laughs> snakes and ladders <laughs> <laughs> i would like to watch that Imagine, like, you're like, oh, the international snakes and ladders competition. Who's going to win? Well, they have rock, paper, scissors. That's like a big competition every year, the rock, paper, scissors competition. Really? Yeah. It's mm, a big I, deal. I mean, I guess I should. I, I'm always surprised when I hear things and I think about it. I'm like, you should be surprised. There's a thing for everything. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. But every once in a while, I'm just like, I don't get it. Really? This is what you want to do? It's sure. like a strategy thing. I guess. I mean, you have to like read the other person and, you know, think about like what yeah. their moves are and ticks and stuff. I don't know. I'm like, I, I mean, I, I don't get it, but people love it. They do, do, do you is all I can say is do you. I mean, it's something that everyone can do, right? Yeah. And that's part of the appeal of it. Like, you don't have to have a whole gaming system, you can be from anywhere in the world. Everybody mm-hmm. knows what like there's very simple rules to the game. It's easy to watch and follow along. Well, yeah. You're like, I get it, I get it. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, do the boomerang stick. Did you ever do that with rock, paper, scissors? The boomerang stick? Yeah. If you're tired of the game, you just do boomerang. <laughs> 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 the cheater way out of rock, paper, scissors. Um, yeah. I will say no. I've never heard this way. Usually you just walk away. You're just like, I'm good. If yeah. No, if you have mean friends, you learn the boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> See, now so I've game learned over. something. Game over. Today. Yeah. <laughs> That's what oh they need. The big game, gamer competitions. Yeah. Big tournaments and stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, now I'm, I'm thinking of like what other obscure things are there out there? If I get into that rabbit hole, that's gonna take <laughs> that's gonna take years. So I'm not I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I swear. That's been throwing competitions and all the. <laughs> well, isn't there isn't there like um like a a wife carrying race? Yeah, like they, yeah. Then they started a husband throwing one because somebody felt like it was it was too biased. <laughs> they switched yeah. it up, which I think is funny. But I think that's good. I mean, like have the men do something athletic and the women do something yeah, athletic. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But I mean, I have seen sometimes of like how they carry their wives, which is really not, they're not really being carried. It's like the wife is grappled onto mm-hmm. their husband and they're running, you know? Yeah. So like, they're basically really... a log. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> or like a, ba- I saw this one woman who's like a backpack, but the thing is her head was by his butt. And I was just like, you could have done it the other way, but <laughs> oh, no. you practice it that way. That's yeah, <laughs> like this is the best way to do it. Again, it's like, how do, you get in, who do you get into that? How do you get into that competition? <laughs> then you pick your wife up, and you're like, we can make money doing this. <laughs> you're like, look, I've done it. We can, we can win. <laughs> I wonder what kind of practice. Like, do they just go jogging around their neighborhood with like probably back? I'd be yeah, like, like everywhere. Let's... What's Grocery happening? shopping. They're like, do you want this, honey? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she can get things on the low shelf while he's <laughs> Yeah, can you get that thing on the bottom? Yeah, here you go, sweetheart. You know. <laughs> like, don't you dare buy beans today. It's fine. Yeah, I had to go there. Please ignore me. It's oh, fine. Boy. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, talking about gross things, uh, we can move on to four rooms, I suppose. <laughs> That's a good, uh, is that addition. a good segue? I don't know if that's a good segue or not. Um, I, I have to admit, I haven't watched this in a very long time. I originally watched this when I was way too young to have watched this. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I don't think I was that young. No, I probably watched it at the right age. Um, but when I think about this movie, I always think about the last two segments, not the first two segments. Mm-hmm. Um, which frustrates me every time I sit down to watch this movie so because you're waiting for the last two to show up yes yeah well okay so let me explain so if so if you're listening and you don't know about four rooms four rooms is um actually four short stories weaved together um by one storyline uh which is these are four four stories are happening in four rooms in a hotel and Tim Roth is the bellboy that connects the stories in all the rooms. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. Um, and each sequence is actually direct, written and directed by a different writer-director. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
Um, I guess I should say. Okay, so the first one is called The Missing Ingredient, which is written and directed by Allison Anders. The second one is The Wrong Man, um, written and directed by Alexander Rockwell. The third one is Misbehaviors by Robert Rodriguez. And the last segment is The Man from Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. Um, and even though it's uncredited, the opening animated sequence mm-hmm. is done by Chuck Jones. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't remember that at all. When I went back and rewatched it this week, I was like, oh, remember when movies used to start that way with the animated <laughs> segment? It was such a nostalgic moment for me where I was like, oh, we don't have movies like this anymore. No, like, I think uh, a lot of movies either just get into it, like, get into, like, um, like the realistic thing. Because, like, even, like, James yeah. Bond and stuff, yeah, it has, like, a cold open and then opening sequence and then the film. But, like, that cold open is is James Bond, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then, like, like, I know James Bond is well known for its opening sequences, but the opening sequences aren't, like, animated. They're not fun. They're not a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very serious and bodies and guns and, ooh, you know, in the shadows. And yeah. It goes in the movie. Whereas, like, like this is, you know, just just a little bit lighter. It gets you in there. Yeah. No, I love the opening because it's sort of like it sets the tone. It's like, okay, relax. This is going to be silly and weird. Mm-hmm. And Joy, just, just go you know? with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing I didn't remember was, like, Tim Roth, like, I love him in this movie, but I forgot how twitchy he was in the movie. No, very twitchy. I, I, it was very like Mr. Bean more than I remembered. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, I, but I also remember, like, I remember Madonna being in this movie. She's in the mm-hmm. first segment because she wasn't in a lot of movies at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. And I remember the Tarantino segment and I didn't really remember the middle stuff. Yeah. And him, like I knew obviously he was the connecting piece between the four stories, but I didn't really remember his character as well. Mm-hmm. And I went back and rewatched it and I was like, oh yeah, it's very like slapstick, silly yeah. comedy with him. Well, it, it's, a, it's a very, like his portrayal of the character changes throughout the movie because it's a very stressful time for him. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. And so at the beginning, he's, he's new, I think based on Mm -hmm. the way it starts yeah um and he's just kind of figuring it out and by the end he's just like i've had enough of this whatever you know by the end of the movie so you can see the progressive change in the character throughout which i find really interesting but one thing he never gives up is how weirdly twitchy he is throughout the whole thing and like every time he does it i'm just like you're making me uncomfortable stop doing that yeah, I liked it though because I felt like it was the one thing that, like, between the four directors, they kind of let him lead that. Like, without that, it would have felt like four very different movies. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true because you can you clearly see the different directing style in yeah. each segment. Yeah, and like even just how people move around the room and how the camera moves around the room. Because like Tarantino's one, for example, is is like a continuous shot. Like, yeah, it's just in there, and then. Rodriguez is very uh, dramatic in his like in his mm-hmm. shots, like he's very sets kind of melodrama. Shots. Yeah, yeah. And then Rockwell does like a whole bunch of like intense close-ups of people's faces, and I'm just yeah. like, why do we need to be so close to them? We can, it's fine. And then Anders, sadly, that first sequence, I'm like, I had to look up that she wrote 
and directed it because I know she directed it, but I didn't realize she wrote it because I was kind of pissed about that first segment. I'm just like, it's it's so stupid and unnecessary, you know, like, and you just like, there's no need for the nudity. There's no need for no. like, it's kind of like it was, weirdness. It was a bit of a way to like get people in the theaters. It was like, come because within the first 10 minutes, you'll see boobs, you know? Yeah. Like- yeah. And it was like, did you really want to do this? But because I assumed it was like one of the guys wrote it and they're just like, here, chick with boobs mm-hmm. and we're going to throw you a bone. Mm-hmm. But no, like she got in there and she did it. And I was like, Ugh, but I read, really? was, it, was it that one I read that was based on a Roald Dahl short story? No, I think the misbehaviors is, isn't it? Oh, maybe that one is. Because in my head, I thought, okay, that would make sense. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. not the nudity part, but if it was like a room full of witches, it's a little bit tied to the witches. Right, how they all gather in a hotel together. I wondered if there was some connection there, or I just made that leap in my brain because I wanted it to be something <laughs> better than it was. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah, it's hold on. No, apparently it says four rooms is loosely based on the adult short fiction writings of Roald Dahl. It's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So that no, makes more sense to me then. Like if you're taking kind of an late 80s 90s version of of that mm-hmm. you're gonna have women prancing around topless because that's what they did in the 80s and 90s apparently apparently <laughs> i don't know i just found it like i understand if you have a coven of witches and you want to make it more adult and all that kind of stuff but it just seemed it seemed like such a throwaway like the first two Mm-hmm. pointless honestly yeah. like even like the whole wrong man thing like nothing happens like yeah you're just it's just some yelling and a guy pointing a gun and you're just like nothing's going on yeah well what yeah. what is this and there's such a difference <laughs> when you get to the misbehaviors and you know the man from hollywood because at first it's like oh well maybe i'm just biased because i understand rodriguez and right. and tarantino better yeah but i've seen lots of movies where i don't know who the director is and i like the movies and i like the direction mm-hmm. so i don't really think that's it but at the same time i, I don't the, know the second one with the couple what was that one called uh, the wrong man. The wrong man. I thought that one was kind of like I think it went on too long, but I liked it as a as its own little story. Like I kind of got that they were messing with him, and it was sort of an interesting. I liked the style of the direction. Mm-hmm. The first one to me, it just felt goofy. Like it was it was really like, come watch the movie, you get to watch boobs for ten minutes, and then we'll start the real movie. You know exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, and you get to see Madonna. Yeah, who like, chose like- not to show her boobs. Like, here's the filler. Yeah. But this is the thing that will draw you in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which was, uh, that that was the other thing that was shocking to me. It was just like, oh, you're showing boobs, but Madonna, but you have Madonna, but she's not showing boobs, but she clearly likes to show her boobs. In I know. Owned, That's what I thought. Know. I watched that segment. I thought, I wonder what that conversation was on set. <laughs> because half of them were, half of them were. Like, it almost yeah. felt like they decided not particularly based on character, but just based on the actor, whether they felt like being topless or not in the moment. Yeah, because to me, except for, except for the, like, the the crazy girlfriend, quote-unquote, yeah. the other two were, like, the two, I would say, innocent-looking ones. Those mm-hmm. were the ones that were topless, and I was mm-hmm. just like, 
but why is this necessary? Like, all I could think of, like, I was like, why is this necessary? None of this is necessary. Yeah. Because either, I'm not saying I wanted to see more boobs, but if you, like, if it was part of the ritual, yes. then all of them would be topless. Yeah. And if it's not part of the ritual, none of them have to be topless. So what is the point? Like, yeah. this was my, this was my thought process when looking at it, you know? And I was just like, and the angles they showed them and stuff, they weren't even particularly flattering. And it was a whole, it was a whole thing. It, it really upset me. It's just like, no. Because <laughs> when I, I've, when I found out like a woman did this to herself, I was just like, come on. Yeah, it, did seem, it, it seemed like a segment that was directed by a man. Yeah. And somehow. Because... Well, because the thing is, is that like, I know there's a lot of women who are like, oh, you get empowerment from your body and all this kind of stuff. I get that. Right. And there's there's nothing wrong with a woman's body. I have I have no problem with it. It's just like with coarse language, like with nudity, like with violence. Yeah. If there's no point yeah. in the story. It doesn't need to be there. And I just think it's excessive. And I think that's what happens with this short. I just think yeah. it's excessive. You know, well, it takes so. you out of the story. Like, it makes you start thinking, like, do you feel like they were pressured to, like, it, it took me in a totally out of the story. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I sat there, I'm like, why is she taking off her shirt? Why is that yeah. one top? What is, what is going on? And then I kept thinking, I'm like, I think the reason why Madonna didn't take off her clothes is because that dress was a PVC dress and it probably was held to get into it. She's like, I'm not taking it off. Oh, yeah. No, for That's sure. That's all I could think. Like, she was like, you got me for two days. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It took two hours to get into this. I am not, I'm not taking it off unless, yeah. until we're done. If you girls do what you want. Good for you. But <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know that, that whole first thing, I was just like, oh, the come whole on. first segment, like you almost want it to be like his dream sequence and then he starts, right? That yeah. Like he just that like wakes up. He's like, yeah. yeah. Like I hope, I hope a bunch of sexy women love me today. Right. And then he wakes up and then it's all hell. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. But no, they're in the honeymoon suite. I don't, it's fine. <laughs> it's Listen, out of four, they can't all be good. <laughs> That's true. I expect I expect ones to be not as good, but uh, I just wish it wasn't hers. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's my only thing. Um, so, and then we get to the wrong man, which is mm-hmm. Jennifer Beals and David Praval, who's a who's who's a face I recognize, but I have never read his name or said his name. Yeah, what's in my he life. from? He does. He looks familiar to me. But. Um, he is. He's one of those guys. Like he's. <laughs> in every oh my god he has a huge filmography um he's in everything from apparently kojak sorry no mean streets um i'm trying to look through his movies to see what would you know him from he was in miami oh that was only one show one episode but he was in a miami vice the tv show um it's a big movie he was in Oh, he was one of the people in uh, Prisoners in Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Um, I thought they were both really good in that segment. Well, all three of them. But Yeah, I don't think the acting is bad. I just don't think it did anything. I don't know. I mean, in terms of like the bellboys escalation from like having a great night to having a terrible night. It's helped with that, right? Definitely. 
he's held at gunpoint and he's kind of messed around with. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's in Smoking Aces as well. Yeah. I enjoy smoke- Smoking Aces. I bet you has aged horribly just based on its content and Jeremy Piven. Um, <laughs> but I used to love, like, I, it was just one of those, like, solid we're going to blow shit up and we're going to have some crazy ass antics. You're like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And you know, Oh, Ben Affleck's in that one. He dies in like three seconds, but still he's there. Okay. And so it's like, I always forget, um, uh, Chris Pines in that one. Oh yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. Um, but yeah. No, like he's so like this guy's he's been in one episode of all of the shows you can ever think of. <laughs> like it's it's kind of I mean, crazy. He thought that was gonna be his big breakout role. I mean, there are a lot of names in the movie. Yes, there are tons of names in the movie. I mean, I forgot uh, Marissa Torme was in it. Like mm-hmm. what's um, her name? Kathy Kathy Griffin. Redhead? Yeah. Who directed uh, that segment? Well, that's the thing. I don't know who directed the middle segments. In between, only, right? Yeah, because it only says um, the segments mm-hmm. directed them. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see. I wondered that because I felt like somebody needed to piece it together. It wasn't just a straight like cut from one story to the other. There were a little bit of in between. Yeah. But I wonder if like like the door closes for example quote unquote mm-hmm. like the next director segment began maybe maybe I mean, that might be it i don't know so terry yeah, no. maybe directed that last bit yes it, it yeah. felt like him kind of the marissa tomei scene actually now that you say it it, it actually does like the mm-hmm. the actual like framing of the picture mm-hmm. how like a person comes in from the background and the walking back and forth yeah. yeah, I could see that for sure. Definitely. And like Rodriguez, because he was at, so he calls downstairs. Yeah, no, yeah, I could see Rodriguez doing all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. before his as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the other two directors well enough to be like, oh, they definitely did the in-between parts. Um, yeah, I don't, it's hard to tell. Yeah. There were no boobs in the opening scene. So that makes me think yeah. she didn't direct that. But I don't Exactly, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they cut that part out. He yeah, just takes like, his bellhop outfit off. Yeah. <laughs> the producer was like, no, I don't think we need that. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually did. One thing I did find nice about that is that when they left the girl in the room with him at first, he mm-hmm. the first thing he does is take off his jacket and give it to her. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's sweet. Like, he is a bit of a gentleman. Yeah. And he would have left it at that if he she didn't, quote unquote, hypnotize him. Yes. With her feminine wiles or whatever. I don't know. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, that whole segment didn't make a whole lot of sense. No. No. And then they were supposedly together in the tub, but I was very confused because all they thrown all that other junk in the tub. Tub, yeah. I don't like you got you got some gross things on you guys. Yeah. There's there's blood in here and tears. Yeah, like what is it? Sweat from five guys' thighs. Like (laughs) (laughs) confuse me. Yeah, but you know they needed the missing ingredient in the tub. I guess it was the easiest way to get it in there. I guess so. Yeah. 
But the whole thing, like, you're like, oh, but I swallowed it. I was just like, you don't need all this information. Just be like, I didn't get it. Fine. Yeah, it was. A, I felt like there probably is some feminist take of that scene. That if you really wanted to work hard at it, I'm sure there are essays and things out there about how it's actually quite feminist. But I, yeah. I, I think it's a it's a reach. It's a it's a very big reach. Yeah. yeah, like I think it's it's in the guise of being feminist, where it's not feminist at all. Yeah, and uh, I'm just like, ugh, like I can't. I was watching it. and I was like, oh yeah, this is it is bad. Okay. Oh my god! Or you're like, waiting I really... for some twist, right? Like you're waiting for them to be like, "Oh no, we're actually strong women." No, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, one thing I did like though, like they gave each woman a personality, mm-hmm. but they didn't do anything with any of their personalities either. So there was there's all of that. Like all of this makes yeah. it. Well, there was not, not really an ending. Either, yeah, right. But I think too, none of the sequence. Well. Well, the the misbehaviors and well, yeah, the last two sequences each yeah. actually have an ending, yeah. whereas the other two don't really have endings. Even in the second one, the wrong man, right? Like the the other guy shows up at, right at the end. Mm-hmm. The guy who was they were supposed to be messing around with. It was like that yeah. was their game, right? That they just had different guys coming. So I thought that was it. Kind of bookended it. I, I, it kind of did, yeah. There was no resolution, but there was an ending. Like, yeah. <laughs> at least you're like, at least something happened. We figured yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the first one was just like, I still haven't figured anything out with that. It's yeah. I don't know. And you don't really care. Exactly. Like, it's the ending is like, yay, he got to sleep with a pretty woman and he stole her hair bow or whatever. The yeah. Cherry the cherries. Yes. Oh my god, which was just oh, just fucking weird. I don't know. Oh, did you see that? There's a documentary on Netflix a while ago about a real story about this man who owned a hotel or he bought a hotel so that he could spy on people. This sounds like a movie, but yeah, yeah. No, it was. They did a documentary about it. It was. It was an amazing documentary, but it was so disturbing. <laughs> and he had yeah. set up like hidden cameras all over the hotel to spy on people and. And he brought in somebody else to come watch with him. It was a whole thing. Okay. This reminds me of two movies. One of the movies is, uh, what is it? Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, I think it's Vacancy. I don't know. Yeah, it's va- the movie Vacancy where like these, these two people check into a motel and then they realize that there's cameras all over the motel. Right. And um, it, of course, it's owned by creepy dudes who are gonna try and torture them as well while being, yeah. you know, like it's all maybe that's what this is based on. Maybe it was a real start. Like the guy got caught in the end because he kept diaries of everything. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that's how people get. <laughs> but that also reminds me of a uh, uh, was one of those. I don't know. It was probably on like 2020 or something. Um, but yeah, like this man used to rent out like his house, um, and then. Uh, one of the his tenants he always rented to women yeah and one of his tenants found one of the cameras and it led to the attic and in the attic there was like a crawl space and like there was a secret entrance from outside to get in there mm-hmm. and like he had walls of tapes of women and her and all this kind right. of stuff because he wanted to keep all of it and I was just like yeah 
you know, like I'm, I'm not saying to be a better bad guy because you should get <laughs> caught and be put in jail. But at the same time, I'm like, think about what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's the sickness part of it. They don't even realize that it's wrong, that they're supposed to be hiding it, right? That's true. It's yeah. called Voyeur, the name of that documentary. Ooh, Voyeur. Very okay. interesting. Disturbing. I don't know. See, but that's the thing, like, uh, like I would just end up going around my apartment just looking and be like, is this a camera? Is that a camera? Is this yeah. a camera? Are there cameras anywhere? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I could never stay in a hotel again. Probably never will. It's fine. Just because, you know, we can't go anywhere anyways. <laughs> eventually um, we'll be able to go to a hotel. Eventually. In like 20 years. We'll be like, oh my God, I made it to a hotel. Is that a camera? Is that I think a camera? everything is going to be so exciting when we can go places. Yeah. Also, it's going to be cheap because everybody's going to be fighting for like people to go places and be like, come yeah. here, spend your money yeah. here because we've gone broke, you know, do a thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think it's going to be interesting when everything reopens again. Yeah. There's going to be like a whole couple of years, hopefully, where people are just like hedonism, like just crazy. <laughs> I do because I think people have missed all of that. <laughs> Well, I like I was reading. Uh, well, I don't know. I, keep, I see things on the I keep stop saying actually reading articles. They're probably not articles. They're probably like a headline here and a tweet here and a, you know, a Instagram post here. But somebody was know. talking. You could have a paper delivered to you every morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is 1984. <laughs> I have a paper boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so two pence, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, yes, I'm going to pretend I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, they were talking about how they understood the roaring 20s now, because honestly, until this pandemic, mm-hmm. hit, I didn't know there was a pandemic in, in, um, in 1918. And that's the thing, like people in the 1920s and stuff, they dressed up nice, was, yeah. no matter where they went, they right. were having parties, you know, you can understand, pro- isn't prohibition happen at that point too, because people were getting drunk all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it makes a lot more sense when you realize that that's what came before it, right? Yeah. I think it so, is going to be like, I mean, maybe not that, but I think people are going to like dress crazy and have like lavish crazy parties I think there's gonna be some of that oh yeah for sure I mean I've already started with my online shopping I've bought like two dresses and I don't really wear dresses but I'm like once I can go outside again I'm gonna wear a dress be prepared oh I I bought a gold gown for nothing but I'm gonna wear it Okay, I just have I to have say to have a gold gown party, but it's happening. Yeah, I am going to show up for that gold gown party. See? Yeah, where it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm down for this. It's gonna be the um, new roaring twenties. Yeah, I'm gonna look fancy for like six yeah. months. I yeah. get lazy really quickly. It's gonna be six months. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll go back to heels, but the rest of me it could be fancy. Yeah, I think I have enough kicks to go with all my different outfits. I have I have like a good color spectrum so I should yeah. I should be fine you know yeah, flats uh, you know be like really cool chic you know flats you know mm-hmm. kicks with like a nice dress and my hair done I'd be like boop you know yeah. I think I can make it work yeah yeah what's coming <laughs> comfy fashion we'll put it that yeah. way yes so all this I love that we're, we're everybody's making pa- plans when this is over I'm gonna do all the things 
<laughs> I think that's the only thing that's keeping everybody going. Meanwhile, we're going to like go for coffee and be like, I'm exhausted from seeing human beings in real life. <laughs> I need to go home and rest. I talked for six minutes in a row. Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> I just keep saying like, when we get to see people's bottoms have, so I'm going to be like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you do have legs. This is crazy. <laughs> I never would have guessed. I thought you would have been taller. Oh. <laughs> or I thought he would have been shorter. Like, imagine you go outside and meet somebody who's like eight feet tall. And you're just like, damn. It's true. That, that Zoom tall. camera does not do you, you justice. No. <laughs> oh, so it'll happen soon. It's, that's all that's keeping me going right now. One it's day I'll get to go outside. <laughs> yeah. And you have, you have an invite to a fancy gold gown party. So I'll be there. I'm telling you. I have three pairs of shoes inside that have not touched outside because I got nowhere to wear them to. I know. I have stuff that I bought for last summer. I was like, oh, this would be cute for the summer that it's just been sitting, right? Just sitting there. Yeah. Time capsule. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, oh my God, remember in 2020 when I thought I'd go outside? Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. I think we're all gonna have like PTSD from this time period. We're like, hey, remember 2020? We can't we can't we can't talk oh, about definitely. 2020, you know. It's I need to call my therapist. The first time we don't have to be six feet from people, or we're like, ah. <laughs> Yeah. For a little while we were always like, we're we're too close, we're too close. Yeah. Back yeah. And then uh, then it'll be like years of like everybody just hugging everybody as they walk down the street. Uh-huh. Like I'm hugging you. I don't care who you are. I'm hugging you. <laughs> and then it'll be back to normal. You know, you're like, why are you looking at me? Why are you here? What is your problem? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The pendulum swinging. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we'll be back to pajama pants outside. It's, it's it'll be good. Well, that I hope never goes away. But the thing is, you can get fancy pajamas now. You can have, you can buy pajamas that look like a suit. Buy that. Yeah. No, I don't. And it just like more. zips up. I, one I side. walk my dog in full on like heart print pajamas <laughs> that are very clearly pajamas, and it's fine. And I say hello to my neighbors, and they're wearing their Superman pajamas, grown men. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> people people get it. People are just like, no, we we get it. You're living your best life. So are yeah. we. we're just, yeah. yeah, I see people, I don't care what they're wearing or what kind of disarray they're in. I'm just like, you know, you're, you're doing you. That's you it. made it outside yeah. today. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every time I step out of my building, I'm like, I made it outside. Oh my God. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Talk about being trapped in a room. These little kids are hilarious. <laughs> I'll bring it back around. I'm good at segues. <laughs> I think I actually like I I love Tarantino, so I think my heart was waiting for Tarantino's part. But if I didn't know Tarantino, I think I would actually say that I like the third segment the best. I actually I think I like the third segment best as well. Yeah. Um, I like how ridiculous Antonio Banderas is in that whole sequence. Even like he's the part where he's trying to like trying to comb his kid's hair you know like yeah and the kid's like ow ow he's like no the hair has got to go back it's got to go yeah. back that's how you look cool um and then <laughs> i also like the part where they finally leave and they get into the elevator and they get into like the pose mm-hmm. i was just like that was that that was a lot yeah <laughs> that was a lot <laughs> no i felt like it was the it was the best directed in that way that it was like there was very clear direction like this is your character this is the style of this piece 
Mm-hmm. It's very like exaggerated and almost like had a dance feel to it. Yes, it very much did, you know. I mean, he came, he came across as like, you know, a Latin lover that's that's trying to be domesticated but refuses to be. And that's that's all mm-hmm. it was, you know. He was still he was kind of an ass, but he was suave and you're just like and like yeah. the wife was beautiful. Right. Um, that that whole dress and, and everything was ensemble was was lovely. Yeah. Um and then the kids were just they were just great. I loved those kids. kids. Were fantastic. <laughs> that one also made me think of like because it's supposed to be New Year's Eve, right? It is, yeah. They ended up in a hotel and how like I'm usually not this year, but normally I'm in Florida for New Year's Eve and that sort of like vacation experience of being somewhere on New Year's. Yeah. And it's like a different, it's like your vacation self. And it made me think like what like they could almost do a spin-off of just that family of their real lives because it's like how did they end up in this hotel room on new year's eve yeah or what was that party that they went to yeah because i'm sorry because she came back and she was like dead drunk and he's like carrying her and he's not even pissed about it he was just like it's more just like oh she did it again you know like but not like angry you know and i'm just like this must have been some great ass party because yeah damn you know I would have loved to see that party. That that's all I'm saying. I feel like they could have done a whole other movie just with that family. Of all I think of them, so too. they felt like they had more. There was more there to explore. Yeah, and I also felt that they were the most realistic characters. Mm-hmm. Like they were a little exaggerated, but especially the two kids seemed they seemed like real kids, and they also seemed like real brother and sister. Like yeah. especially the part where he's like holding on to the remote and she's like smacking him. Yeah. And she's like, ah, you know, or the come smell my foot, and then he kicks her and then she kicks him yeah. in the face. I just like, oh, that is that is absolutely perfect. Like that yeah. is exactly <laughs> what it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that part uh, Yeah. Um, also I like I always prepare myself for it, but when Tim Roth sees the body in the bed and it just <laughs> it just erupts out of his mouth, every time I'm just like, oh, that's disgusting. Oh my god. I love that part. Yeah. <laughs> because you know it's coming, but it's also like to me that's such a quintessential like 90s movie thing that doesn't like you don't see that now in movies where people no. just like randomly barf and it's like very clearly fake like pea soup barf yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> it's just one moment and nobody comments on it nobody yeah. it's just, it happened and we move on yeah well that's the thing he doesn't wipe his face he doesn't wipe his shirt no. he's, he's not like embarrassed he just keeps talking and picks up the phone and is yeah. like shut up you know and is like running around I'm like you have puke on your face yeah like, that's yeah. disgusting yeah. stop doing this also oh my amazing, God. because in real life if you were in a hotel room and you found a dead body in your mattress you would probably barf yes. right so yes. like <laughs> But I think the thing that's most shocking about it is he he doesn't do like you know the 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 preamble the the like you know the, no, it, the just heave. No. it just happens it just it just he's oh, like no. he, he's like I was not prepared for any of this it's just yeah. it's just happening it's almost like it was a surprise to him too like they yeah. just some effects person behind him who was just like boop and then he's like okay what happened. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just love that whole, that whole, the whole build up. And the thing is, before they even get there, they build up to that 
happening <laughs> for the whole thing because every time somebody's in that room everybody's just like what is that and yeah. they're like oh it's your feet or it's this or you need to take a shower and you're like and you're but then they figure out what it is and then you realize oh yeah everybody's been sniffing since the start yeah of the that sequence and yeah. like, oh, it comes back around it's fantastic yeah it was that last of the story it was yeah. yeah it really really was and then uh and then that last shot in the room with the you know he's holding onto the body yeah he, you know <laughs> the she does the, the things on fire you know he's got a needle sticking out of his leg uh that whole thing was great and also that little girl be like stop calling her that i loved it mm-hmm. perfect yeah. you know it made because up it's, the first segment yeah it really did um well because they find a body in the bed that's a woman and uh he calls the police and like sends somebody over because there's a whore in the bed mm-hmm. and he keeps saying this word and the little girl's like don't call her you don't know what she is you don't, you, don't, know. Yeah. you don't know and why are you calling her this like derogatory name yeah. like of course the little girl doesn't say any of that she's she just starts yelling stop calling her that which yeah. i love because usually in us and movies where a scene like that happens you're like oh she is a she's a hooker or whatever and yeah. they leave it at that but i'm like there's no real way for you to know yeah. who she is what she is you know how she ended up there it could have been a whole series of mishaps like what happened in the hotel and that's how she ended up there or right. somebody doing something evil to someone who's a perfectly lovely individual you don't know because she can't defend herself and yeah, yeah when the i forgot the little girl does that i, for, I forgot mm-hmm. that happens and i was like all i can think is like damn right you know, yeah well it makes yeah. you love them right because you're sort of supposed to think like these kids are little shits and then yeah. you're like no like they're the only ones who kind of have it together right they like, do mm-hmm. they know they know what they're talking about yeah, yeah. they're screwing things up and they know how to respect people so yeah you're like yeah, all right kind of true in real life i mean sometimes you'll hear little kids say stuff and you're like yeah that's like yeah. bias is a learned thing you know kid is born with that exactly yeah yeah a kid will call you out on your bias automatically yeah. um which is great but also can be harsh sometimes because kids like to be too truthful some every once in a while they're just like yes. that's too much truth i can't do yes that. <laughs> there's a fine balance but yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, that that is that is still my favorite sequence. Like I think of of four rooms, and this is the first thing. This sequence is the first thing that pops into my head. Yeah. Then the Tarantino, and I I always forget about the 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 just the the, the Jessica Beals one. Mm-hmm. Jessica, it's not Jessica Beals. What's her name? Jennifer Beals. Jennifer Beals. Yeah. And um, I always forget about that one. Um, yeah. And then there's the first one. I was like, oh, isn't there a thing with Madonna? And then that's, See, that's what people remember. Yeah. It's like the bookend of like, you remember Madonna, you remember Tarantino, and everything in the middle, sort of. <laughs> You're just like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the Tarantino thing is is very, very Tarantino. Yeah. It's like, it's a bunch of dialogue and a bunch of people talking about things you don't understand. And then at the end, it culminates into a very intense sequence. Yeah. And you're just like, and then it's done. You yeah. Know? Uh, one Is thing that I his do first? Th- no, that wasn't his first big movie, was it? No, 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 no. I actually looked it up. Um, Pulp Fiction actually came out before this. Before, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so he would have done Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs before this. Okay. For sure. I wonder when, um, what is it, uh, From Dust Till Dawn came out. That's probably why they ended the movie with him. Because he was Yeah, kind Dust of Till name. Dawn came out after. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's the thing. So he plays the man from Hollywood. I forget what his character is supposed to be. He's supposed um, to be like a big shot actor, isn't he? No, isn't a big shot director? Maybe. It's basically him, but <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I was just like, oh, maybe he's just retelling his um pulp fiction story, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I did this this have you seen this movie? It was so good and made a whole bunch of money and blah blah blah. And then you got Bruce Willis in the room, like he knows what he's talking about, you know. Yeah, it's fine. But I also find it really interesting that Bruce Willis is not credited in this movie in any way, shape, or form. I know. You wonder if he didn't want to be or what that discussion was, right? Or maybe he wanted it to be like a surprise, like, oh my God, Bruce Willis or something. I don't don't know. But even now when you look it up, it's like hard to find his name in it. Yeah. Because I was looking at all the names and I was like, no, I know he was, that was definitely him. Yeah. Yeah, because he's listed as so you have to go into like the like all of the actors and go all the way to the bottom because it's like an an uncredited section okay. at the bottom of that. Okay, and you're just like, oh my god, okay. Oh, I I forgot something. <laughs> so you know the sequence. Nemo. <laughs> no, no, not that far. Not that far. The sequence with the kids and yeah. how she's like wants the dancing body off the screen. Apparently, yeah. that was Selma Hayek. There you go. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting that they got all these people. In. I mean, I think part of it is that it was probably a really short shooting schedule, right? Yeah. Because it was four segments. But also, like, I don't know. They must have really sold it. So they got really big names. <laughs> well, I think with Tarantino, the people in his segment have all been in his movies. Mm-hmm. So they're probably like, hey, want to do a thing? Sure. You hey, want to do a thing? Sure. Yeah. Selma Hayek has been in a bunch of of Rodriguez things. So yeah, you know, hey, want to come do a thing? Banderas yeah. was as well because he did um, what is it? Once upon a, once upon a time in Mexico or yeah. or Desperado or uh, what's the one with where he plays where Antonio Banderas plays the guitar mm-hmm. or whatever? You know what I'm talking I do about. Um. But yeah, like Selma Hayek was in that one with him as well. Yeah, so, I guess. Yeah, it's Desperado or El Mariachi. Because um, I, I believe that one is, yeah, that's Robert Rodriguez as well. Yeah, I was right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think he's probably, they, they all just called their friends and were like, hey, you want to go do something? Like, sure. Yeah. Like, here's a couple of days, have some fun, blah, blah, blah. And that yeah. was it. Well, it paid off. I mean, I think at the time it was, I don't know. I remember watching it at the time. It, was, it wasn't like the biggest hit ever, but it was a known movie. People were. Yeah, aware it was definitely it, a known you know? movie. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to see if, how did it do at the box office? Let's see. It made, it did not make that much money. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it was a $4 million budget estimated. Mm-hmm. And apparently it grossed only four million two hundred fifty something thousand US and worldwide was four million two hundred and fifty seven something, which is about the same. Yeah. So it did not make it barely made budget. Broke like even. or yeah. broke even. Yeah. Broke even. 
Um, but I think it, it's turned into one of those like cult things. Like it's made all so. of its money from syndication or from DVDs. Well, yeah, at the time, like, it I think I watched sales. it on DVD or VHS even. I don't think I saw it in theater. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. This is not the kind of movie I would have been able to talk my friends into watching with me. <laughs> no, well, it's also, I mean, there, ha- there aren't that many like of these kind of anthology movies out there that are theatrical releases, right? It's true. Yeah. Usually like they're, I mean, they tried to do it with Grindhouse. Well, mm-hmm. they did do it with Grindhouse, I should say. Like it was done with Grindhouse. And I love Grindhouse. I think Grindhouse is great, but Death Proof is better than Planet Terror for sure. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, but even from like from Dust Till Dawn is kind of, but that's also Tarantino and Rodriguez. Everything I'm saying yeah. is Tarantino and Rodriguez. Yeah. But they work really well together and like they're, yeah, they they're very have, complimentary styles. Yeah, you know, but it's very clear the different styles that they have, mm-hmm. but they go together mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I think. I think that's the thing that makes makes it work. And I think that's the thing that makes that second half of the movie work so well is because those two kind of, they kind of complement each other with their style and, yeah. you know, who's in it and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it definitely got better as the movie went on. Mm-hmm. Which I'm happy about. Yeah. yeah. I can see how in theaters, like if you watch the first segment and you were like, oh, it's the whole thing like this and people probably left, right? <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, this is garbage. I'm like, you didn't yeah. say to the end, you missed the good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think with like any movie, you you have to, there's a buildup, right? You hope um, so. You hope so. That, that is very true because <laughs> there are definitely movies out there where the buildup isn't a thing. You're just like, you, you just suck. This isn't. Those like are my worst. Movie. Like, I'd rather the movie be terrible, but there'd be a terrible buildup than just nothing, just flat nothing. the whole way through. Yeah, the movie, and you're like, I could have walked out at minute five, and I would have learned nothing new. Yeah, <laughs> you know? nothing, nothing happened. Nobody changed. Yeah. I could have sat at home, seen five minutes, walked out, but like, this is what happens. Give yeah. it to somebody, and like, oh, that is what happens, and it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. I this hate that kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, one thing about that last sequence too, they refer to a uh, Alfred Chicago uh, presents thing mm-hmm. called the Man from Rio. It is mm-hmm. not called the Man from Rio. It's called the Man from the South. I looked it up because oh. I was like, "Is this like I remember Alfred Hitchcock presents being a thing?" Yeah, but I didn't remember like I, I know I haven't watched all of them. I've I've watched few of them actually. Yeah, um, but I was like, "Oh, this actually sounds interesting. This might be one I want to look at." Right. And I was like, I couldn't find it. I'm like, but I thought this existed. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's called The Man from the South, if anybody's interested. It originally aired January 3rd, 1960. There you go. Hmm. Um, and his storyline that he explained is the storyline of the episode. So okay. that'd be kind of cool. And also the Hitchcock theme. Yeah, I don't, like a Halloween Hitchcock or something. Oh, I probably should. I have I've only done one Halloween episode so far. Maybe I can squeeze one in this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could do that. Yeah, I never thought about that. The thing is, I got into Hitchcock very late, like very, very late. Like I'd seen 
I'd seen Psycho early on, but mm-hmm. I saw that when I was young. I saw that like when I was 10 or 11, which is probably yeah. not a good time to see a yeah. movie like that. <laughs> um, and I was just like, I don't understand how the big deal is. Also, this makes me nervous. Can we stop yes. at, at the same time? And then it wasn't even that I was avoiding Hitchcock. I just just never got around to watching any. Yeah. And then a couple years ago, um, I have TCM and they, they were showing like a marathon of Hitchcock mm-hmm. films. And so I had seen The Birds randomly lots of years before, which I, I don't really remember it, but I remember not liking it. I don't know if that was an age thing or the storytelling thing again. I don't know. I can't really remember which one. Yeah. Um, but I watched um, Vertigo, uh, Rear Window, and what is it? North by Northwest. And yeah. I was like, now I get it. Oh, my <laughs> God. These are so good. Um, I actually liked Vertigo best out of all of them. Yeah. Um, like, I really did enjoy Rear Window a lot. Um, but I don't know. There was, a, I don't know. There was just something that didn't work correctly mm-hmm. for me in it like I I enjoyed like the story and I understood like um Jimmy Stewart's like it like um like him being in there and like the girl in the apartment and like mm-hmm. that whole, like tension and stuff like I thought that was really cool but at the same time I was just like uh, this, this isn't working as well as I think it should but I right. understand why people were like or yeah are like oh my god this is yeah cool because you can see the tricks that he does and everything um, and my problem with um, North by Northwest is I f- even forget the name of the female character, but she is treated so horribly. It just turned me off the movie. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the Hitchcock thing, thing. right? Yeah. I mean, which, which you learn about later, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But, uh, uh, but Vertigo, I loved Vertigo. Vertigo I loved it. Yeah. I, mean, I remember, she's... I mean, I haven't watched any of them in years, but I know, like, when I watched Rear Window, that was the one that I was like, wow, this guy can mm. really make a movie, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's one of the, like, you see it and you're I like, oh, I terrifying. get it. Like, I, I sort of appreciated the quality, but I was mostly just scared of showering for three years after that I didn't <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah. Even though I knew it was kind of goofy and I knew it was effects and whatever, mm-hmm. I still like for years had to shower with the bathroom door open. <laughs> like yeah. just just in case, just in case, yeah. right? I don't know. It's it's I did watch the maybe the other reason why I didn't rewatch Psycho was because I sadly watched the Vince Bond remake shot for uh-huh. shot, which falls even though it's it's literally shot for shot, it falls flat. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't need to watch Psycho again if it's this, it's the same thing. Like, there's no point. But I think, like, another movie that did practically shot for shot and you, like, is done correctly was the Coen Brothers' um, True Grit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it is, it is very, very similar, except for a couple of certain things. Um, But the updated version, it really, it really does update the story without losing anything from it and yeah it's so interesting because even if i i rewatch i watched the original and i was just like it's the same but it's so boring and then i realized oh it's because it's so quiet it's much more quiet and yeah more steady than yeah. like the coen brothers version you know it makes you appreciate when they do those shot for shot like the subtleties of 
like the sound design and all those things because those are the things that are changing right I mean it's also like what camera they're using and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but like the sort of atmosphere especially when it's supposed to be a scary movie so much of that is the sound yes yeah it really is like that's what the psycho it was all about the sound Mm-hmm. the sound of that knife is like way scarier than the, just the visual if you watch oh, that movie yeah. on mute it's not scary at all you're like what is this nonsense this is so yeah. stupid <laughs> yeah it's it's really really true um but yeah but but those are examples how to do a remake shot for shot good and how to make it bad and mm-hmm. you know like they're there another yeah. one that did that was um the omen and that was it wasn't scary at all and it was just boring and you're just like what are you ruining things right or making them better i don't know i don't do horror movies very well so if i'm not scared i can go to sleep that night i'm happy (laughs) yeah i think there's two kinds of scary i think there's like the scary movie where it's like you see everything and it's terrifying and then there's like the psycho psychological like you know that it's fake and you know mm-hmm. it's just a shower curtain, but still the next time you take a shower, <laughs> you're gonna look over your shoulder. Yeah. Or you're, you know? <laughs> or you're like or you're like poking at the shower curtain to be yeah. like, or even dead? the birds. Like I have moments when I see like a big a group of birds coming at me. I know logically they're not coming to peck my head off, but still I have a moment where I go, hmm. Like, I'm gonna walk a little faster. Yeah, you know, you're just like, I'm gonna keep my eye on you in case you move. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <For sure. laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Oh my god. <laughs> the forum was also reminding me of um what's the name of that show? My brain is not working today. With the hotel room. You know, oh the brothers. Um, <laughs> the brothers. It's a, it's oh, room, uh, room, room one or something? Something. Room 104. Is it room yeah, one? room 104 with the Duplass brothers. Yes. That's their show. I don't know. that. I I really want to like that show, but that show is so hit and miss for me. Like, out of like every five episodes, I, there's one that I like. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I can't put this much effort into something I'm not enjoying that much. Yeah. Know? It's an interesting one, though, because it's, it's sort of that whole experiment of like, if you give people the exact same kind of guideline and space and like it's a hotel room and something crazy happens, go take it and do what you want for the next half an hour. Mm -hmm. Some of them are amazing and some of them are not. Are not, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of them have a little bit of a like a like a supernatural feel to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find some of the directors or maybe it's the writing, they don't know how to convey that in a way that doesn't come across as either the person's just crazy or it's hokey you know Mm -hmm. so like you you kind of like you kind of like lose the atmosphere automatically you're just like oh he's just tripping on balls whatever I'm gonna lie down like you know compared to like no no no, something's happened in here that's why you're being affected by it you know so I don't know, but yeah, there's definitely like there was one episode about um, kids playing a video game that turns kind of like animated throughout mm-hmm. it. And stuff. I really liked that one. Like that, yeah. that's the one that sticks in my head when I think about that show. Yeah, so I do yeah. like that show, like because it's a surprise because you don't know from one episode to the next if you're gonna mm-hmm. like it, right? Yeah, and talk someone, about like you kind of wish someone would tell you like skip the next three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
Um, but like you want to talk about a show that has a whole bunch of actors in it. That's one of them. They get yeah. they, they've gotten all of their friends in there yeah. to just to do stuff. So well, it's a brilliant concept, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. although I think in the very last season of the show, they actually went outside of the hotel room, which was weird. They did. Oh, I didn't they see did, like an origin story of the hotel room. Mm hmm. One of the, I forget who it was, some name director did that episode, which is kind of cool, but also kind of ruined the whole experiment yeah. of like keeping it in that room, you know? Yeah, yeah don't, don't like, this is one of the few cases where you got to stay inside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's the whole fun of it. It's like, yeah. this is the your box, play, play box. The box is the, the, the box is the mystery, you know? It's like, it's i don't know you're you're trapped in there with them and this is this is the thing that that makes a show good and if you can just go in and out willy-nilly you're just like there's not there's nothing interested in that anymore yeah 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 Yeah. um well that was a fun tangent okay i like that one (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i mean i like i think we've covered this both things very well um i don't know i still really like both of these movies despite me not enjoying the first half of four rooms very much but i still really enjoy both of these films yeah yeah me too no i think they were a good combo and i Mm -hmm. i mean four rooms the i have the tarantino soundtrack which is like Mm -hmm. his favorite songs from all his movies and the opening song is in it so like it has me from the first second of that movie because I'm like I love the song so I mean yeah well that's the one thing with Tarantino movies like even whether you hate Tarantino or you love Tarantino you cannot argue that his movies have some of the best soundtracks like he knows how to pick music for atmosphere or just to Mm -hmm. have a good time like it's Mm -hmm. just Fantastic. Yeah. Made up for the fact that Finding Nemo did not have any songs. <laughs> Felt satisfied. What, what are you talking about? Um, Beyond the Sea at the end, with, sung by Robbie Williams. It's beautiful. I know. I can't. I have like Little Mermaid implanted in my brain. So I just assume the second we go under the water, it's animated. It's gonna be yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to sing Kiss the Girl in the next five minutes. No? It's a crab. What's happening? Why isn't he singing? <laughs> <laughs> no he he's all he's all mad that people might take his like floaty bits from the sea hey yeah. hey yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i i do i do still love that movie and i like i fully laughed out loud quite a few times while watching fan Nemo, and yeah i was like it's it's still got it it's still oh, got yeah. it for sure yeah I don't know. I one one memory I have the most about Finding Nemo that's ingrained. So when this movie came out, I was working at a bookstore mm-hmm. and I was doing like the the late afternoon shift. And I don't I don't. It was sometime in the middle of the week. Um, and so where the bookstore was was in the middle of a plaza, and there's a movie theater. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you my friends, do you guys want to go see like a matinee movie of Finding Nemo? Right. And it was like a cloudy overcast day, whatever. I was walking with my umbrella and we went to go see the movie. Empty theater. We had the whole space to ourselves because it was like a weekday, whatever. Mm-hmm. We watched the movie. We're coming outside. And we're like, we're having a great day. It's such a good day. It's pouring. It's like piss raining outside. <laughs> I'm the only person with an umbrella. And we got to walk back to the bookstore and start our shift. And, and one thing I remember is everybody was fighting over the umbrella which was mine i had on a hoodie 
I put on my hood and walked away and they fought over the umbrella. And I remember being really angry, but then I was like, it's raining, but it's like, I'm under the ocean. Maybe I'll find Nemo. And I like had like a good walk back to the bookstore. See, that's the thing. Like if you had, it's life changing, you know, it put me in a good mood. I could have been bitching and yelling. What is your problem? You know, those are the best movies, right? Where you walk in in one mood and you walk out in another mood. And both of these movies have that, I think. Yeah, it really did. It really did. Cause I mean, like I had, I, I watched this movie today. Like I finished doing work, watched the movie, mm-hmm. sat down to do the, the recording and like, it was a long day of work. And I was just like, oh, I gotta watch this movie. I gotta watch this movie before I do the recording, put it in. Yeah. At the end of the movie, I'm just like, yeah, I get to record about this now. Right. Oh, you know, like you're in a good <laughs> film. Yeah. So yeah, these are, these are definitely like, I mean, Finding Nemo is definitely feel good for rooms puts you in like a, a good mood we'll put it that way feel good yeah. is a strong term for four rooms but yeah it puts you in a good mood though yeah it's a fun one yeah <laughs> um any any last uh comments about either of these or did we no i like these? this pairing i like this pairing better than my last pairing <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i need to go back and watch curious george now because i yes. just not <laughs> Oh, I still, uh, I think I mentioned this. You have such an eclectic collection. (laughs) (laughs) It goes all over the place. Like it's, it's (laughs) like, as this shows, it's like, it's fun kids movie. And then just like crazy, cussy, you know, horrible filled thing. that kind of makes you feel good at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) I choose, I choose quality. I don't know. It depends who you talk to. (laughs) both good storytelling at least the second half of horrors yes yes the second half that's the that's i think that's the difference between seasoned and unseasoned storytellers i suppose mm-hmm. yeah but one thing i looked up the other two directors and they didn't really do much after and that's kind of mm-hmm. disappointing because i would love to see what their progression would have been yeah you know see like their early storytelling to their newer storytelling like, cause that's the thing with like Tarantino, like you see his early stuff and like, it's good, but yeah. you can definitely see how much better he's gotten. And it's the same For thing sure. with Rodriguez. You can see like, he was good. Yeah. And you could see why people kept giving him a chance, but he got so much better, you know? Yeah. So I would have loved to have seen that progression. Especially the second one who directed the wrong man. I feel like that person yeah. had potential. Yeah, definitely. Do, like I could see them directing like CSI or one of those kind of shows. Oh you know? yeah, where where they they're they're doing like the interrogation or yeah or, or even right after they do the pun and they do the close up and he takes off his shades. Yeah, it like, kind of gave me that feel, like a little yeah. cheesy but like entertaining still, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that would have been awesome. Yeah, but eh, it's too late. Well, no, it's probably not too late. Never too late. Never too late. Whatever your name is. Yeah, <laughs> do whatever you like, uh, Alexander Rockwell. All right. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the episode. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'll have to get you back for another strange combination of films. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll see what my oddest pairing is. I'll be like, there you go. Come on back. Yeah. We'll find the yeah. next animated slash Tarantino combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, that's it for this episode of Off My Shelf. Until next time, you can follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Oh My Shelf, or you can send an email to ohmyshelf at gmail.com. 
on the next episode, we're going to be talking about the hilarious show Futurama. Hope you'll be here to listen.